Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Darren Pang joins us, as he does on Tuesdays during the hockey season here on 101 ESPN. The Blues hockey season, unfortunately, is over for 2021-2022. Panger, good morning. Good to have you with us. How you doing? Yeah, good morning. I'm, I'm doing really well. And I want to say before we started off, I really enjoyed uh, doing this every Tuesday morning and, uh, you know, talking hockey, whether we recap or, or look ahead. So I really appreciate your both your great professionalism and uh, and uh, love of the game. So thanks. Thanks for that. And I know it's, it's been a, it's been a really good year. I know we're disappointed that it didn't end the right, you know, the right way, which is the only thing is a Stanley Cup. But all in all, boy, these these fellas gave us some great hockey. They really did. I got to start with this though: the the loss, the elimination occurred on Friday night. So Saturday, Sunday, Monday, holiday weekend. How many days did Darren Pang play golf? <laughs> well, you'd be surprised, but I have not played at all. Um, Stunning. I am surprised. Yeah, I yeah I I'm actually um, I took off the next day at around noon uh, to to uh, Michigan, where I come for the summertime and. Uh, getting my little uh, little lake place ready here for the summertime, so I've just been kind of grinding away a little bit. And and I'll be honest with you, I took a stick in the in the um, uh, I can't remember what game it was, maybe two or three. Um, it had to be three at home. Uh, Ter- Vladdy Tarasenko got hit uh, to, to the bench, and and he kind of really my my baby finger got crushed a little Ooh. bit. So it's just starting to heal right now. So um, not not whining the blues because. Uh, uh, that's the way it is, but I'm 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 feeling a lot better now, so I think I'm going to team up here this afternoon. Well, I'm glad, Panger, that your finger's feeling better. I remember that happening on the broadcast. But as we look back to this series between the Blues and the Avalanche, where do you think the biggest disparity was between these two teams? Well, I thought I thought Colorado. Um, I hate to use this term, but I'm not sure if it's a, it was a more mature game or a more you know detail oriented back checking game. Um, I thought they had all four lines coming back to their own zone as hard as they forechecked. Um, you know how many times we talk about that during the course of a, a season and a game, and especially when crucial moments are there. That I, I, I just thought they were they were very much committed to the defensive part of the game, and uh, um, you know, hard when you're you enter the zone and you and you start, you know, you're looking for the next play and you're gliding, and the next thing you know, a back checker stripped you of the puck and they're going the other way. So th- those are some of the things that I'm I'm sure that. Uh, uh, they were really happy about there in Denver because I thought they did a phenomenal job right there. So, I mean, that would be number one. And I think they, they got a lot of offense from their defense. Um, mm-hmm. That's an area that the Blues have always excelled at or, or always had the edge of. But, uh, I mean, no team in the NHL has had more points, goals, or assists uh, from their defensemen. I mean, it's been a remarkable year. So we knew that was going to be an issue going into the series, and, and certainly it was. And uh, um, so, the, I, you know, I guess I guess at the end of the day, without getting too detailed, I think those would be the – the two main factors that I saw from ice level, their their level of compete back-checking a hard-on pucks. And uh, there were several times where the Blues had a chance to back-check and 
a, a simple play, like not not going really hard at a man, like that Eric Johnson uh, play when he, you know, with six seconds left, he gained the zone. He shouldn't have even gained the zone. Uh, but I don't think our forwards did a did a good enough job of back checking and putting pressure on the puck carrier during the course of, this, of the series. Panger, I, I kept telling Michelle during the third period, if the Blues win this game, that Ville Husso would have stolen it, and he, he played really well in that game. That being said, do you think the outcome would have been any, diff- any different had Bennington been there? You know, I'm I'm not afraid to go down this down this direction. I I, I think Bennington's confidence his presence in the net um, was shining through and I yeah I, I I mean I do personally believe uh, that the Blues could have won with Jordan Bennington in the net and again you're right not taking anything away from Billy Huso uh, he made some spectacular saves but I, I think the, the one area that Colorado generated a lot of their goals from was on the rush and I think Jordan Bennington's a pretty good goaltender on the rush he gets on top of his crease he didn't, doesn't back in when he's a confident goaltender and uh, and and so that's one area that I think Billy Husso will probably go to in the summertime and, and, and work on things and look at some of the goals that he gave up. And the other part was, quite frankly, uh, the, the the breakout. I mean, I mean, the Blues broke the puck out like so much better because we know that Jordan Bennington's not only good on the forehand, but he's also good at at breaking things up and and uh, and alleviating some pressure by going to his backhand. So I think our defensemen. Um, we're really getting into a really good groove with Jordan Bennington, peeling off the boards and getting out without getting uh, touched, basically, without getting hit very hard. And it all did change. When, when Billy went in there, he, he usually dumps the puck around his forehand. I thought Colorado did a good job of going right to that D, and as soon as that puck was on the D, shin pad or skate or stick, uh, that D was getting thumped a little bit. So, yes, I do believe there would be a difference. Oh, so frustrating to think about. Well, Panger, as we turn the page and look into the offseason, if you were sitting in Doug Armstrong's chair, what would be your number one priority, whether it's uh, working out a contract with somebody that's currently on the team or improving an aspect of the team? What would be number one on your list? Yeah, you know Army boy. He's a, he's a pretty <laughs> slick maneuver there. And, and uh, you know, he pulls off moves like last year when he traded for Pavel Buchnevich. I mean, Nobody saw that type of trade coming, and that's why Doug Armstrong's the best manager in the in the business because of how he how he does things and how slick he is at doing things. But you know, I guess number one, you have to you have to look at all your UFAs. You have to look at the players that uh, whether it be a Nick Letty that you got from a trade. What what are Nick Letty's thoughts? I know Army doesn't like trading for for players and giving up assets, uh, which he did uh, without having that player signed for you know two or three or four more years after that. Um, so, you know, you look at that situation, uh, priority number one for me would be David Perron. I mean, David Perron, it's not like he's getting older and slower. He's getting older and better. He's like a, a beautiful bottle of uh, French red wine, uh, uh, maybe, a Le, maybe a Lafitte Rothschild or something <laughs> like that because his feet aren't getting slower. His, his patience on the puck isn't getting bad. He's, I don't know, he's just... You know, with him and Ryan O'Reilly together, and you've got Ryan O'Reilly with one more year left on his deal, you know, is there a way that you can tie them both up in the same amount of years? I mean, I'm sure that Army and his staff have looked over everything that we're just talking about right now. And, you know, maybe, and then the next thing would have to be something that got quiet, but, um, and I'm not bringing this up just to, you know, bring it up, but does, you know, does Vladdy, what's Vladdy's situation again? Is that a player that still, does he want to stay? Does he want to go? Where are they at with that? So, I mean, I just named three things that are not easy to, to handle, but uh, 
But those would be uh, the three things that I'm sure would be priorities for Army. Pinger, I want to stick with David Prawn there for just a second. As you mentioned, he is aging like a fine wine on the ice. But how important is David Prawn to the culture of the St. Louis Blues? Very, very important, Michelle. I mean, he's he's matured in 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 such an incredible way. I mean, when you know when I when I first got here in 2009, he was just a. I mean, he was really a just a kid get you know getting through Andy Murray's uh, demands of him not wearing white skates. Um, <laughs> you know. Some of the plays that that he made back in the you know in the early days was was that of a kid that just played one year of major junior A hockey and now I watch him the way he answers questions with the media the way he handles things the demands that he puts on himself in practice you know he and Ryan O'Reilly set the tone they're on the ice early they they're kind of like assistant coaches and 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 uh, director of player development <laughs> um, so he they you know he and he and uh, Ryan O'Reilly could probably go to Army and say look at it we'll the salary, we'll work on the salary, but then we might need extra extra fishnagels here for all the other stuff we do. <laughs> boy, they, they just set such a good positive tone. And if you're a young kid, a young drafted pick like like a Jake Neighbors or a Zach Bolduke, who was a first-rounder a couple of years ago, you know, you want these young players on the ice with those two every day to learn the game and, and to be prepared to play the game the correct way. Panger, just a, a couple more quick things. Number one, uh, Obviously, as you know, Vladimir Tarasenko getting a lot of criticism for scoring only one goal in the six games. How much of it was Vladdy, and how much of of it was the way he was defended by Colorado? Well, I think I think when you're a you're a, a player that's a difference maker like Vladdy, I, I think the first thing you do is you put the onus on yourself. I mean, I would be disappointed if if anybody that you know that didn't do what they're supposed to do, you know, blame somebody else for it. And I know that's not Vladdy. I think the demands that he puts on himself are, are great. Um, there's always a there's always a way to get closer to the net. I always say that it's uh, you know I heard many times on the bench when the games were on the line, players on the bench would say, "Get off the boards, everybody! Get off the boards! Shrink the ice! Get closer to the net!" Because you can't score from the hash marks uh, along the boards. So you know, um, but I I don't put uh, you know for me in a team sport you don't you don't put your finger at just one person ever. I think that that person should put enough pressure on themselves. And, you know, at this time of year, when you're a goal scorer, you, you do all the little things, uh, you know, that, that might not be goal scoring if it's not in. You block shots, which he did that. You finish your checks, you know, which he did that as well. So, I mean, I think all in all, there were games in which the Blues had, a, you know, a few too many passengers. Um, and I'm not pinpointing one particular player. But unless you were four lines deep the whole time and everybody was, everyone was giving it 100%, um, then you were not going to beat a team like Colorado. They're they're just too deep, and they had four lines rolling the whole time. And when they didn't, they scratched a guy, um, you know, like Burakovsky, and they made some changes as well. And the Blues did the same thing by tweaking, you know, some some players went down, like Barbashev, Toropchenko played well, he went up. I think both coaches got a lot out of their players, to be quite honest with you. And last thing, and uh, because you're a veteran hockey watcher and and you want the sport to succeed. I just watched a promo on ESPN for the NBA, and it's only Curry and Tatum. You had Brady and Manning in the NFL. If I'm the NHL for this Western Conference Final, I'm promoting, and a lot of good players here, but I'm promoting McDavid and McKinnon playing in the same game all the time. Yeah, I mean, why wouldn't you? I mean, I remember starting my career with ESPN, and I actually got frustrated. I come from a team mentality all the time, and um, and at that particular point uh, in the early '90s, they were 
they were using, you know, the, basically the, the NFL's approach and the NBA's approach. And that was, yeah, quarterback versus quarterback, point guard versus point guard. You, you name it, just like you just said. And it always frustrated me that we opened all our shows with just individuals. But as I get older and see that there's so many eyeballs that are maybe vague hockey fans, when they see McKinnon and McDavid and you show a 15-second a, a uh, sizzle reel of those two, you go, I got to watch this. Mm -hmm. And so when we see those two players and you see, because in the Western Conference final, that's going to be us on TNT. And that's that's what you're going to see. You're going to get the eyeballs first, and then you're going to get people latching on to the entirety of the game and how good these two teams are. But first and foremost, certainly it's McDavid and McKinnon. Panger, we want to thank you for a great season. We always appreciate having you on. You're so fun and so happy, and we always love getting the updates on Brucey. So. Yeah, Bruce, he's a happy camper. He's at the lake now, and he's running around and barking at geese and getting them off the, out of the beach by the water. So, yeah, he's having a good old time. Thank you, though, for that. He's, he's really relished being a star on, on our show in the morning. <laughs> we love it. Hey, have a great summer, and we'll talk to you in the fall. Yeah, sounds great, guys. Thank you. You too. Thanks, Panger. Bye-bye. Darren Pang, Blues Analyst on Bally Sports on 101 ESPN. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face -face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, bet online for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Want more ways to show your good side to the world? Donate plasma at a Griffles Center and join thousands of donors who are helping to save lives. Receive up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com.